Good morning. Yo, I didn't expect it to be this full. I am pleasantly surprised. And guys still seem quite lucid. That's good. <laughs> very, 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 very good. We see, ah, it's good to see some old friends, some new friends. Good to see you. So what message do you expect on the 31st of December? <laughs> the last one. <laughs> last one for the year. May is right. Fire and brimstone. Turn or burn. But how special is it that we get a Sunday on the 31st of December? It, it, it doesn't happen. It's quite special. Like people, normally they have like the, the midnight service, but yeah, I think at the age of 39, I just can't do it anymore. It just does not work. Let me get myself sorted here. 39, I'm going to refer to it a couple of times because next year is a biggie. So, you know, this, uh, this end of the year, the New Year's Eve, it's, it's the end of a calendar, the calendar that we follow, but it's, it's also, in essence, the end of a season. End of a season. And we all look back over this and we reminisce, we evaluate, we analyze, we are nostalgic about certain things. We are overly sentimental about other things. What leads up to this is a couple of people cleaning their houses with renewed energy and vigor. Don't even know why they call it spring cleaning because we all do it in December. But it, it's a time of reflecting on the season that has passed. Well, Lisa and I look back at the year, we've had... Yo, we were scared. We were intimidated this year. What happened with Jude? We celebrated this year. What happened with Jude and the rest of the clan? Good report cards. We had losses in this year. We had new births in this year. We had weddings in this year. We had joy. We mourned. It was excited, it was nervous, it was scared. If you look back on the year, it was an intimidating year. I don't know if it, if it just happened to be for the Mayer family, but it was a year of some challenges. And you come at the end of the year, and it's the point of confrontation for many of us, isn't it? Or am I speaking, like, am I the only person that then go and look, oh, you know what, what if this happened? What if we did this? Why didn't we do this? And we go through the entire spectrum of who, what, where, when, what ifs, all those, the life coaches will tell you, all those things that lead to that incisive, decisive question that gives meaning to something. It's just us thing. Okay. And, and I think it's a good thing sometimes. It's good for us to, to go and look back. But you know what happens also, like the 31st of December, people, I don't want to say navel gaze, I don't know if that's acceptable, but they look so much at the past and they get so stuck in the missed opportunity and the de dejection and disappointment of 2017 that they forget that you are also standing on the precipice and the cusp of a new season. And you you forget that the end of a season means the beginning of a new one. 
even in death for us as Christians. That season that, that makes us change the mortal with the immortal. We don't even have to find some infinity stone in Marvel Universe. You have to accept Jesus Christ. And when that season ends, you are on the breakthrough of a, of a new season of hope and life. I should actually just end it there. Happy New Year. But can we as a people just start to look at the hope of the new season instead of getting stuck in the, the failures of the previous season? So a couple of things didn't go as planned. Most things can be remedied with a good cup of coffee or tea and Jesus Christ. That's, that's like the remedy for all things. But I looked at, at what happens when you look back on something, and invariably, it's all questions, isn't it? You ask yourself, why didn't I do that? Why didn't I buy Bitcoin? When it was, how much was it when it was started? I don't know, $100. One cent. Hey, now you can see those are the Bitcoin people. I just exposed them. <clears throat> but you ask, why didn't I? And um, if only I didn't say that. What did I say? What happened to those people? You, you go through this thing. And that thing, is, uh, it got me thinking about at the end of the 31st, you always ask questions. You inquire why something happened. But do we ever pause and ask God, the creator of our lives, the author and the perfecter, what is to come? And, and I'm predominantly speaking to the LRC people here because I'm trying to get us to change our mind into gear for 2018 because it's going to be an amazing year in Christ. I'm not just optimistically prophesying this. I'm declaring it. Because when opposition increases, God will make himself known. We see it through history. But so I went and I looked at scriptures in the Bible that says, and they asked God. They asked of God. They ask God. I even threw in some tenses for the copywriters among us. Then I said, inquire of the Lord. And funny enough, I found inquire with an I in the ESV and inquire with an E in the King James. I don't know there was a difference, but now you also know. And I came up with a couple of questions that people asked God. And may I suggest that we humbly come and ask the same questions of God for 2018. Can we do that? So now is where everybody takes out their notebooks or, or open their phones and close Facebook. Switch on to airplane mode. But a couple of things. Let's start with the intro. The first thing that you have to know is the word that I, I found this scripture in James 1, 5 to 6. If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously without reproach and it will be given to him. Ask. That word ask. Are the Greeks in the house? Okay. Bear me out, bro. It means ask, beg, call for, crave, desire. It's from a root word, and that word is ask, demand, inquire, and understand. Have you ever thought at the, at the start, the first of December, to go and demand before God, to beg Him, to call upon Him and say, Lord, speak to me, reveal to me what this new season is going to hold? Or are you the one sitting, sulking over the, the missed opportunities of 2017? 
I mean, just even mid-season. Did you any, anywhere in 2017? I know I, I normally do it, but this year wasn't a year where I did it, where I actually sat with God and said, God, I beg you, tell me, what is the next thing? What is the next season? What is the thing you want me to do? How do you want me to? I, I, I failed in 2017. I'm telling you, I'm not going to fail in 2018. You're either with me or you will be sitting alone at the end of 2018. Sulking. But the second thing in intro to this thing of ask I got this picture of a cookbook. And you know in a cookbook, some recipes are like exactly. I, I, I tried to bake meringues. Is anybody else here with me? Don't you just hate those little devil things? So I went to Monica, the queen of meringues, and I said, please explain to me. And she's got the specific. The eggs must be kept out. They must be room temperature. And ach, don't worry if you get a little bit of yolk in the, in the egg white. It's going to be okay. But this must be, it mustn't be old. It mustn't, I, I don't know. It's specific. There's detail in a cookbook. But you know what else is in a cookbook? Lovely sections that say it's a starter, it's a dessert, it's a main course, it's bread, it's baking. Not so. And I felt another thing that when we ask God, we sometimes demand so much detail when he's in the season of the cookbook telling us just go to the desserts. I don't need you to know the specific dessert. Just open yourself up for something sweet that's going to happen. Or something main course that's going to happen in this year. And let's together determine this recipe. But we as people get stuck in this James 4 verse 1 to 4 that says, What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. And you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. Because all of us, if God says it's a season of desserts, we want to be trifles. We want to plan out the detail of our lives. Or is it just me? I love it when God gives me the details. Because it makes life so easy. But he didn't create robots, did he? He created us as sons and daughters with a mind and a will that can engage him and say, Father, let's walk this journey together. The second thing that we get stuck on when we ask questions is we want the detail. When the detail is not ours to know. We just need to know God is doing something in this year, and He will work out the detail with us. The third thing I thought about, I get this, this sense that I, when I chat to people, they, they've never even inquired of God what it is that He wants for their lives. And they are double-minded men, unstable in their ways, tossed around like waves in the ocean. They haven't even gotten to the right section in the cookbook. Somebody will say, why don't you try motivational speaking? Yeah, I'm there. Oh, but why don't you start life coaching? It's the same as motive. I'm there. Why don't you invest in Bitcoin? I'm there. Why don't you invest in the stock exchange and start off? I'm there. They are so, because they've never gone before their creator and said, what is it that gives meaning to my life for you? Simple thing. The, the fourth thing that I thought, that why, why we get stuck in this asking thing is we, we get ready. <laughs> we say, God, I, I, I want to ask you a couple of things and then we think, but I'm not worthy to ask anything because I'm just worth nothing. I sin every day. It's a shame. It sucks to be you. We are all imperfect. Yet when I go through all of the scriptures that I've found, when people asked him, you know that he was faithful and true. 
No matter what their sin was. You're going to see the examples. No matter what their lives were. It, it was incredible. All he wants is to come to him and say, God, what do you think about this? And wait. And then some of us are so insecure <laughs> that we are self-dependent. Because if I can control everything and shape my own destiny, I'll be safe. And then I didn't know if self-dependence and independence are the same thing. But I thought self-dependence is completely on yourself. And independence is on using other people to make a plan. But being dependent on, on yourself to manipulate. I don't know. It's just my, my mind of exploring these things. But we are stuck in this independent, self-dependent state where we don't even give God a second chance. Not even a second thought to say, God, what is it that you want? John 16 verse 24. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive that your joy may be full. Uh, who's ready for 2018 to be full of joy? Like, I know there are going to be some sad moments, but full up, yo. I'm so excited to have a year that is full of joy. That joy that is in me. God-given, despite circumstances. Let's ask God. So let's go through some questions. I've got 12. Let me check. Yo, my time is right. We can do this together. Are you with me? I was expecting a bit more amens and stuff, but my family is representing quite well here. It was good to see my brother-in-law on drums today, hey? The other good-looking Johan Mayer. So the first point we find in 1 Samuel, verse 14 to 37. So this is the, the, the historical account of where Jonathan and his armor bearer goes and says, God, we're going to go after these people. If we climb up and they don't kill us, then we know, God, you want us to kill them. Like that silly strategy. You must have heard it because people love to preach about it. But then, unbeknown to them, Saul goes and he says, nobody shall eat anything today. A silly, impetuous vow. I mean, your army has to fight for you, but you strip them of all energy. No food, no drink. I don't know how that's going to work. Well, I know how it worked out. It didn't work out. But anyway, Jonathan goes. Saul then eventually doesn't know that his son has gone and beaten the Philistines. Was it the Philistines? I'm not sure. But he comes back and he says, why is God not speaking to us? And he says, God, can we go and fight the enemies and will you give them to me? And the word says, it was quiet. There was no answer from God. Now, this is my first point. It's when you ask God a question, if there is no answer, there should be no action. The quietness is an answer. What does Saul do? <laughs> Even if it is my son, I will not spare his life. Not knowing that it is his son. Now he's made a vow before God, before the people that he did not live up to. Because he didn't kill his son. His son ate honey. Because he was saying, how, how silly of my dad to strip the army of energy. Have a bit of honey and you'll feel better. Dips his sword, take the honey, he feels better. If Saul just interpreted God saying nothing as no action required, it, it would have stood him in good stead. The other recount that happens is David goes and says, God, should we pursue the Philistines and will we beat them? God says, go, I'm with you. If you ask God a question about what the next step is, no answer pretty much means no action. But answer <laughs> means do it quickly. The word says David went immediately and they killed them all. 
If you inquire of God, stick with his answers. Second thing. <laughs> oh, I enjoyed this. You know that, um, so Abram and, and Sarah had a son, well, two, but they had Isaac. And now Isaac is the chosen. They've sent Ishmael away. And now it's time for him to get married, which I think is a phenomenal concept. Parents should be allowed to pick their in-laws. Eh? Don't you think? I think so. Yeah. So what does Abram do? He sends his servant to go and find a wife for his, his son. This servant was like the main servant. He was the one who was with Abram. Abram probably said to him, what do you think we should do with the sheep? He's like, mm, give them a little bit of this and a little bit of that. They're okay. You know that type of relationship, the close man in charge in your, in your household that he has. What does he do with this poor man? He sends him on a journey through the desert on a camel with other camels, laden with gold and stuff, exposed to the elements and exposed to thugs. And he says, you go and find. And this man must have thought, why me? Why me? Why must I do this? Listen to this beautiful thing that he says. Make, and, and he said, oh Lord of my master Abram, please grant me success today and show steadfast love to my master Abram. You know, we should ask, Les, why should I do this task? And rather say, God, make me successful and help me to bring honor to my boss. First of all, Christ, who I'm subjected to. And then secondly, who you've told to, to govern me. Make me successful in what you have called me to do. Instead of saying, why, can you say, how can I be successful? And he finds the wife, and we are, we are in that lineage. What the Bible says. The third thing I, I, I put here is to intercede for others. There's a little bit of a, a, a one here that I found is Numbers 12 verse 13. You know what happens here? Miriam and Aaron, Aaron decides they want to be the, the main good name. They want to be in charge. And what does God do? He says leprosy. Miriam is white with sauce. And you know what would have happened to Moses if they had usurped his power? They would have killed him. What does Moses do? Oh, Numbers 12 verse 13, and Moses cried to the Lord, Oh God, please heal her, please. May you ask in 2018 who it is that God wants you to intercede for. In Moses' case, it might be for someone that doesn't really deserve it. But Moses goes and he intercedes for his sister, and she is cleansed after seven days of leprosy. Same thing happens with David. We know David went and he, he stole somebody's wife, and the wife was pregnant. And God says, no, buddy, it's not going to work for me. It brings calamity. It brings a plague upon the people. David goes, oh, God, I have sinned. I deserve it, but please don't give it to me. And God, the people didn't do anything. They don't deserve it. Please don't give it to them either. Who is God asking you to intercede for that in your mind might be deserving of it? And who is God bringing across your path who in your mind might not be deserving of the intercession and the plead and the ask and the beg and the demand from God to say, show mercy? 2018, is it going to be a year where we ask for mercy for people from God. 
1 John 5, 16 says, If anyone sees his brothers committing a sin, not leading to death, he shall ask, and God will give him life. The fourth thing I thought what happens is in 2 Kings 19, 19. I love that sound. I know it well. When the odds are stacked against you, like it was against King Hezekiah, he falls on his knees and he says, God, for your glory, change our circumstances. If we go into 2018 at corporate prayer meeting, can we be a people with one voice in union that says, God, for your glory, change South Africa. For your glory, change our church, change us in our church so we can make a difference for you. The next thing I thought in, in Judges, it's, it's that interesting thing where we often say, I'm putting out a fleece. If you've been in Christian circles, you know that. Just putting out a fleece there. If it rains on it, it rains on it. If it doesn't, it doesn't. It's Gideon. He goes and he says, God, please forgive me. I'm going to test you a few times. And God tolerates it. But let me tell you, when you've put out a fleece for clarity before God, may you be as quick and obedient to do than that you were to ask. Can we ask for clarity and confirmation? A lot of people will say that, how, how, how arrogant of Gideon to ask God a few times. I think sometimes if we just ask God once, twice, three times, we might have a few less issues. Uh, I think I'm going to buy the BMW. You guys know my BMW story. If I had just asked God twice more, I think I would have saved myself that experience. And you know what? God is not insecure. You can ask Him. He's quite secure in who He is. He will answer you. But at some point, may it spin over into action. Another scripture I had under this one to ask for clarity and confirmation is Isaiah 7 verse 10 to 15. It's the one where it says, I will ask of my God, but I will not test Him. In 2017, did you maybe test the patience of God after He gave you something to do and He gave you clarity on that by not doing it? May we as a people not do that. Point number six that we're going to ask God for. And, and if I have to be honest, it's something we as an eldership team don't preach on often, but it's blessing and prosperity. Have you heard it preached from the, from the pulpit often? We, we don't fall into that category of prosperity preaching at all. But Jabez says, Lord, that you will bless me and enlarge my territory. I ask this of you, God. You are allowed to. David goes and, and said, For you, O Lord, have spoken, and with your blessing shall the house of your servant be blessed forever. He understood it was just after God said, I will establish my covenant with you and your throne for all generations. David understood that because there is covenant, we are entitled to ask. If you have said, Jesus, I accept you as Lord and Savior of my life, you have the permission to ask him. He's got the permission to say no. But that also means he's got the permission to say yes. 
May we as a people in 2018 has these, have these big ideas and, and guts to go to God and say, Lord, we ask you for this. Prosperity in mind, body, and soul. Not just pocket power. Not just fat wallets. Lord, fat hearts. Open homes. Restored family. Prosperity with our kids. Our kids' education. May our tires never wear out. Please, Jesus. Next thing that happens is there's somebody in the Bible that asks God, and he simply says this, Oh, Lord, please remember me, and please strengthen me only this one time. Who is that? Samson. There's an elder in training. You see, we start early. 2018. If I think back on 2017, I should have asked God for a bit more capacity, tenacity, and physical strength. I found myself at stages in 2017 slightly physically exhausted. You know, I don't know about you guys, but when I get exhausted, I am the nicest person ever. I'm so kind and gentle with my tongue. <sighs> Maybe ask God to give. Ultimately, He's the creator of your life. He knows when you need energy. The other thing that we need to know is it took Samson a while before God restored his strength. Take rest. Ask God, God, how do you want me to rest in 2018? And then be diligent. Number eight, I like this one because it speaks to me and, and it makes me feel safe. But it's when Moses said to God at the burning bush, he asked God, who shall I say sends me? And we all know, God says, tell them the great I am. May we continually in 2018 ask God for a greater revelation of who He is. Because if we constantly walk in a revelation of the great I am, there will be awe and reverence in our lives. The word will not become something that we do begrudging. Worship will be something that is full of life. And kindness will be a natural thing. Because the God of love is the great I am who manifests in us. Number nine, I thought it was a bit cheeky, but this one you guys should all write down. In Ezekiel 36 verse 37, it says, Thus says the Lord God, this also, I will let the house of Israel ask me to do for them, colon, to increase their people like a flock. Can 2018, can you ask God at the, at the start of the year to say, God, who is it that I should tell about you? Because our flock, our people should grow through new salvations. Can we be that audacious as a people to just go and say, hey, do you know Christ? Can I tell you about it? So easy when I say it from the pulpit, eh? When you have to do it face to face. Oh. Why did your voice just change? I don't know. I just want to ask you something. Do you know Christ? Sorry, what was it? Do you know Christ? May we as a people rise up and say, God, let this congregation grow. Not for the seeds to be full, but for kingdom of heaven to be full. I sincerely speak on behalf of the elders. We're not just excited when the church is full. 
We're excited when people got saved, and they are saved, and they walk out of here and maybe never return, but they are saved. But may we not be such an exclusive group that there's no room for new people in this congregation. Number 10, and there's only three more with this one. It's also going to be something we're going to explore in our prayer meeting. Isaiah 58 verse 2. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways. And if they were a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the judgment of their God, they ask of me righteous judgment. And their delight will be to draw near to God. Can you ask God how he wants you to display his righteousness in your life through 2018? What a world we would live in if, if our politicians were just righteous before God. When our financial institutions were just righteous before God and stopped charging us so much service fee. <clears throat> Number 11 is also one that I really like, and I've preached on it before. It's where Solomon goes to God and, and in the dream, and God says to him, ask of me whatever you want. And he says, Lord, I'm asking you for wisdom because how can I govern such a great people? And God says, you have asked well, and not for yourself, but for your people. I will grant you your wisdom, first of all, that you have asked for. But secondly, I will give you wealth and status. Can we ask God for wisdom in 2018? Because I don't know about you guys, but I'm semi-wise. If I just look at all the results of my decisions in 2017, I think I can just go, I, I should actually skip W and I. I should just go, because I think it was about 70, 30% of my decisions that worked out well. But can we ask God for His wisdom? And sometimes His wisdom comes in a person that you need to ask advice from. May your pride never be in the way to ask for wisdom. But the second part of this thing is God didn't just grant Solomon what He wanted in terms of for His people. He gave him exactly what he needed to do what he was called to do. Can we ask God for wisdom? And then second part of that one, for what we need to walk out the call of God for our lives. And maybe it is to work your backside off and make your boss look amazing. And he will give you the patience for that. Or maybe it is to stop doing what you do full time and go and minister to the prostitutes and the street kids in Mozambique. I don't know. But can you ask God after you've asked him what he wants you to do, to give you what you need to do the task. And my last one. Psalm 27 verse 4. Do you all have your Bibles with you? Please open it and let's read it together. I can see all the old people know the verse. They're shaking their heads. They know what's coming. Do you? Oh, I love the rustling of menu buttons. As the phone switch open. Psalm, it's P.S. Spell it P.S. Psalm. Everybody there? Psalm 27 verse 4. Let's read it together. And one thing have I asked of the Lord, that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. May you ask at the precipice, at the start of 2018, God, that I will forever be in your presence. Because in His presence is healing, is wholeness, is wisdom, is instruction, is peace, is rest. 
And may you know that this place doesn't have exclusive right to the presence of God. You can be in His presence wherever you are. All you have to do is say, God, that I may dwell in your house all the days of my life. Won't you stand with me?